Today's episode is not about that necessarily. We started out with a tangent this week, but let's get right to the good stuff. But it is about things that are toxic, toxic situations like toxic productivity culture, more specifically. I know I talk about burnout and job dissatisfaction like maybe too much, just a touch too much, maybe just a splash, but this is something that's been on my mind, so we'll talk about it today, and welcome back to another episode of Giving You Everything. I was just racking my brain trying to think about what to talk about, and I obviously think about work a lot as a recovering workaholic. I don't even know if I'm in recovery or if I even should joke about that. (laughs) But I definitely have had an unhealthy relationship with work. I think when I was younger, I really loved working because my favorite time in my so-called career was during the summertime when I could work multiple jobs and I kind of felt like it wasn't a forever thing. And there's no reason why that my current job can't be a forever thing. I don't know. Let's dig into this. Let's dissect this. So first of all, I really love the feeling of working. I love that feeling you get, you know, when you put in some effort and you see the fruits of your labor in the real world. But some of my favorite jobs were jobs that I had during the summertime that were for a limited time only. And I worked like in a shopping mall and I worked multiple jobs at a single time. I just really love feeling like I was on the go. I had a full schedule. I was doing things and I was like going places, even though that place was like my local shopping center. (laughs) Wasn't necessarily like, you know, a hub for like important decisions and world changing events, but I really liked the job. One summer I needed a job. I had an internship. The point is, is that I had this job and then on the side I needed to make some money. I needed to have like another job to fill the the days, fill the hours, fill my time. And your wallet. Because for some reason I'm like realizing right now in the moment that I always had jobs like as a hobby. (laughs) Might be unhealthy, but that was me. That is who I am. So I got this little job at a shopping center near my grandma's house and it kind of had like a Hallmark store vibe. You would walk in and she had like this display table of plastic wine glasses that had like cute little things painted on them. Like they'd be cheetah print or like hot pink and lime green and they would say stuff like my My family family can't handle handle me or like mommy's sippy cup and stuff like that and she sold a lot of like novelty candles and she had like lots of little miniature cherub statues and crosses and fleur-de-lis because and she also sold like little lawn flags cute stuff like that and I had been having like kind of a hard time finding a job because I started my job search a little late in the summer because you know usually summertime you are searching for a job in May so you can secure it and lock it down by June but I had kind of missed the boat on that one but just by like sheer luck 
I managed to, I, I don't even remember dropping off my resume at this store. I remember at the time, like, I was so determined to get a job. Well, the drama was, the tea was that my parents were really insistent that I have a job and I was applying everywhere. I really wanted to have a job at the mall mall, like at a clothing store, but it didn't really work out. Anyway, I did not, I was applying all these places on my computer and I was not hearing back. And you know how, like, parents just automatically assume that you're slacking all the time or at least mine do and so they were like we're taking you to the grocery store and you're getting a job there and I was not happy about it but I did it anyway because what else was I gonna do classic only child dilemma so I ended up getting the job at the grocery store and it was okay for a while and I didn't realize how weird it was until I was like in a little too deep So I worked the cash register at this grocery store and I learned a lot about like having to like work quickly and like type in those numbers furiously and like it's just interesting. You see a lot of different people that you normally wouldn't like interact with when you work at a grocery store because like everyone goes to a grocery store and that includes the people that you work with. And the guy, there was like two managers at this store and one of them was like this big tall buff guy who was kind of like a bro like had like bro vibes but like his heyday was like maybe 10 years ago and then this other manager who worked there was this lady who was like extremely passive aggressive but I did not realize it again until it was too late so I while I was working on the job like it was kind of hard to make friends because like you're isolated at the cash register the whole time and I always felt weird about like taking my lunch break in the break room because it was so far away and I'm like the type of person who's always stressing about like being places on time so I like just straight up didn't do that and so I just I lived all by my lonesome at the little cash register like a little island of one and I started to make friends like you know when you're in a situation and like other people with like bigger personalities sort of adopt you because they think that you're really shy and maybe that is you know I'm coming to terms with that's how people perceive me even though that's not how I perceive myself no but anyway there was a man who worked at he usually worked at the cash register in front or behind me like next to me and he decided to adopt me and so he would like tell me little things like about how to do my job better and then like that eventually turned into gossip and so he started gossiping with me about the second manager we'll call her Doreen okay so he used to gossip with me about Doreen and I honestly think that he was like just gossiping with me like probably partly because he wanted someone to chit chat with and I was like new but also so I think he just wanted like extra time on his smoke breaks and he just wanted me to cover for him and he saw right through me he knew I was gonna cover for him so anyway my friend let's call him Teddy so Teddy used to like come over and gossip with me and he'd be like telling me the scoop on like what's going on the dynamics of the store 
And I remember one time he would tell me like, oh yes, Doreen. Like he would tell me how he would schmooze with all of the managers so that, you know, he could like enjoy his smoke break. He was very motivated by that. And so he was telling me one time, oh yes, Doreen, you know, I treat her like a queen. I'm like, yes, Doreen, you know, you know what's up. And I was like, okay, that's kind of strange that you're telling me this. And like, I don't... I'm not really impressed, but I'll just sit here and nod my head. And I swear to God, maybe like a month later on the job, I was working the cash register and somebody came in with a WIC check, which I guess I can explain what that is. It's like, it's kind of like food stamps. You get like money if you need like federal assistance to buy your groceries, get a check. And thing that's a little bit like tough about WIC checks is that you can only buy certain products so like if you're buying milk you can't buy any old milk that you want you have to buy a certain type of milk that is like um, approved for use using this check and so a family came through they had this check and um doreen took over the cash register because it was like a little bit more complicated i moved to the back of the conveyor belt and i started bagging the groceries and a loaf of bread comes through and doreen says no like this needs to be a 12 ounce loaf of bread and she kept saying to me like some context to set the scene i mean obviously now thinking back on it it's like duh but like at the time i did not even realize that bread comes in different sizes like they would measure out the bread and it was written on the back she kept saying it to me and i was looking at her like a deer in the headlight like um i'm confused and then doreen she looks me dead in the eyes and is like is my english not good enough for you like oh my god no i just have never heard someone refer to a loaf of bread in ounces before luckily there is another girl who worked at the cash wrap who had worked there a lot longer than me and she was super nice she was like don't worry i'll get it and she handled it but doreen had like follow-up words with me you know pursued this topic about her English I did not it didn't even cross my mind it wasn't that I like didn't understand what she was saying I understood the words that were coming out of her mouth I just did not understand like I could not comprehend a 12 ounce loaf of bread because you know I I was still a baby at the time. So that is the kind of personality I was working for. And then it all comes to a head when one one day they the managers decide to put me on the closing shift, which means that I would be there until like 11 p.m. And then I would be, you know, driving home alone. Like I would be walking out to my car in the pitch black and I'd be driving home alone. And my parents were like, absolutely not, because I'm an only child. And at the time I was still still a baby so I'm an only child so you know you know how that goes so they were like hell no absolutely not you tell them you're not working that shift and like it's time to leave I feel like some people have said that I'm like afraid of confrontation. And yet she needs to qualify. It's not that I'm afraid of confrontation. I just like, it takes a lot of energy. (sighs) 
It's just like it's annoying to me. And so I went to have words with the managers. And I didn't really want to do it, but you know what? I was like, okay, I'll do it. Because, you know, like the managers of my lives pronounced parents won't be happy until I have this conversation. And like, frankly, I didn't want to be working that late either. I like, I could have taken it or leave it, but it wasn't my ideal. And I would have gone along with it anyway, if it hadn't been for that conversation. So I pick up the phone, I call the managers and Doreen answers the phone. And I tell her, hey, like, I'm not really down for this late night shift. And my parents aren't comfortable with me working it. And she just says, when you applied for the job, you told us that you had an open availability. Like, you said that you were available all of these hours. And I was like, well, I sh- if I were smarter, I would have been like, well, things change. But instead, I was like, well, my parents said that I shouldn't work this shift. And then she goes, but your parents aren't here are they i was like i could not believe it i don't know given the way that i was raised i was like um excuse me stranger you are not in a position to tell me like when and what i should be listening to when it comes to like my parents so that left a bad taste in my mouth and most importantly a reason to leave then she clearly like my message was not received the next day that i had a shift i went into the manager's office and i spoke to that big like macho man who was the other manager and i said to him like hey i'm not really like comfortable working this other shift and he was like yeah well when you applied you told us you had an open availability so like are you saying that you like lied about your availability or like able to work these hours and i was like i'm just not comfortable working that shift and he's like well I guess we can't keep you on staff and so that was the first job I was ever fired from which like at the moment it was like very frustrating like I maintained at the time that I was not fired but I was fired I was definitely fired but it was a blessing because like who wants to work in that kind of toxic environment and you know what? I feel like that was a blatantly obvious toxic environment but not all work environments are so obviously toxic like sometimes you're like really in over your head and you don't realize how toxic it is until you're out and that is where you like end up in this loop of doom where you don't realize what's going on and can't get out because you don't realize what's going on so to prepare for this episode i looked up the definition of toxic productivity which according to the internet it is described as a cultural trend defined as an obsession or addiction to being productive and results in one's self-worth being measured by levels of productivity. And when I read this quote, I thought about an interaction that I had many moons ago. I was going to a music festival and I was going with a group of friends as you do and one of the friends in the group was a friend of a friend and she had recently moved from new york i was just kind of asking her like how she's adjusting to her life coast to coast she moved from the east coast to the west coast and i was just kind of you know making conversation asking her about like the cultural change and the adjustment and how she was finding all that and something that she said like i literally don't remember anything else that i talked to her about except for this one thing and she said that at her old job you always had to look busy even if you weren't busy you needed to look 
look busy and people were really obsessed with talking about what they were doing you always had to be doing something you couldn't just do nothing and enjoy yourself she one example she gave was like if you if you didn't have something work related to bring to the conversation people would ask like are Are you you okay like they would think something was wrong with you and she said that it was so refreshing to her like being at her new job that you know her manager would tell her like you know if you want to take a walk in the afternoon go for it and she was like yeah it's so great that like people are so supportive and into that i thought like wow that's really strange but i later found myself in a similar situation You know, part of the problem of toxic productivity culture is that you feel like your cup is never fully full. And all these years after I had this conversation with this girl, I found myself lost in my work and I didn't know why or how or even who I was. I went to the mall recently and I was being assisted by a sales associate and we were having this great conversation. They were telling me all about their hobbies, their interests, like that they love to do puzzles, that they were a huge Disney nerd and that they loved all these Star Wars movies. And then they turned to me and said, now, how about you? Like, what are you interested in? And I literally drew the biggest, fattest blank I've ever drawn in my life and I was like that's a great question who am I and the reason behind that is that I was I was drinking from this big old chalice of toxic productivity culture I had lost myself in my work and didn't even realize it I didn't have time to figure out who I was outside of work anymore and that, like how first of all how embarrassing <laughs> second of all how sad and you know I still think about all the times that I worked 12 hour days at my old job and never felt satisfied it was like I was working towards a milestone that I'd never reach and that's kind of what it's like like constantly chasing validation in a toxic productivity cycle or an environment and I'm saying all this to say that I think you know I'm trying to set and adhere to these monthly goals for improving my life, self, well-being, mind, spiritual aura. I don't know. I'm just trying to be better (laughs) and trying to feel better. But like, who isn't? But the first thing is that I'm trying to get away from these toxic situations and um, learn from my mistakes. My mistake was that I thought if I worked harder, I can make people like me or that if I worked harder, they would value me the way that I wanted to be valued or that I would just like turn the entire situation around, that I would feel less dissatisfied and that I thought, I really honestly thought that I was dissatisfied because I wasn't happy with my output and that it wasn't enough. And I was just like on this hamster wheel. But in reality, I wasn't setting boundaries. And that's really what you need to like, honestly, for any situation, not even just a toxic work situation or anything to do with toxic productivity, but it's like setting those boundaries. And I think that's how I was able to get out of that first nightmare job at the grocery store was I was trying to set my boundaries 
boundaries and they did not accept them and I was like good I am gonna move on to this other job that I enjoyed so much more and I'm now realizing that I didn't tell you about but I can tell you in another episode (laughs) I can tell you all about that if you really want to know and if you want to know you can let us know by leaving us a review leaving us your thoughts on apple podcasts or sending us an email at giving you podcast at gmail.com we want to hear from you we want to know what you're thinking we want to know if this resonates with you at the risk of sounding cliche the last year has honestly been such a big blur time has been a blur boundaries have been a blur but this is just something i'm working through and maybe you're working through it too so let's cheers to drawing a line in the sand let's cheers to working in a way that makes you feel fulfilled and let's cheers to fun summer jobs clink (laughs) thanks for hanging out with me this week and i'll talk to you on the next episode bye